Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday, featuring independent and emerging artists and bands from across Canada and their songs. My name is Sarah Scott. Thanks so much for hanging out today. In the spotlight this week is the very talented country rocker, singer, songwriter, Will Ardell. This was a wonderful, insightful conversation you're really going to enjoy. Now, of course, in this episode, you are going to get to know a lot more about Will Ardell. We talk about how he took a two-year break from the studio and a little bit from the stage, but what did he do to get back into the creative headspace and back into wanting to be a part of music again? We talk about how he loves the storytelling aspect of songs and how you'll always find a positive message in his. We also talk about how Will loves rock music just as much as he loves country and how he successfully released an A-side and B-side album that features both country and rock. We also talk about his upcoming album, The Truth. It sounds so good. And of course, so much more. This was a great conversation. And of course, you are going to hear two of his songs, Beautiful Kind and Songs in the Dark. Well, I'm pretty darn excited for this episode. So let's get right on into it. First off, Will, thank you so much for joining me this morning for One to Watch Wednesday. We're even joined by your cat, Peaches, this morning, which is very exciting. Always love a little extra guest here and there. But let's talk about you. So you were born and raised on the prairies of Saskatchewan and the beautiful ruggedness of rural life. Now, while most artists have stories like they picked up their first guitar at five, they hit the stage at 10. You started a little bit later into the music scene. You never picked up a guitar until the age of 19, from my understanding. So let's talk about your start. Where did you fall in love with music? How did you fall in love with music? And how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I I, I grew up always to, yeah, listening to a lot of music, but I didn't really start playing instruments until I was quite a bit older. And the story with that is I ended up broke uh, one of my bones in my foot. And I had some time down. I was six to eight weeks on cast and crutches. And I just decided uh, to buy this old, must have been like a $30 junior guitar from my buddy. I said, well, I'll start learning it. And that's kind of the progression where it came to be. And like, hey, I can maybe start doing this more and more. And I just started writing songs. I was always kind of writing stuff in school, but I never really put music to it or melodies to it. And that kind of became the gradual progression. But I, <clears throat> I didn't end up doing anything with it until probably about 2009 or 10 somewhere in there and ended up uh, writing a bunch of songs and then the next process was trying to record them so we did that and yeah fast forward another 10 years and it's kind of where I am today just still picking away at it that's pretty darn cool so do you remember the first song that you learned on guitar I do actually it was Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash and I had I had the junior <laughs> guitar and the only I think I knew the first three notes of that song that's all I knew of it so I kept playing that over and over again. And my, I think my dad finally said at the time, if you don't learn the rest of that song, I'm going to use that guitar for kindling. So <laughs> I was kind of forced. You a very nice to... dad. <laughs> yeah. I think he was just getting annoyed. Oh, and he yeah. always tried to play this stuff and not really finishing it. So I, oh, I took it seriously. And I started like learning a few more songs. And once you start learning some, then it's, uh, it's, it becomes more like a snowball effect. And it's a lot of fun. And you just keep going. And, and yeah, so that, 
just ended up writing more and more tunes and I still do today. I like to, you know, even on a Sunday afternoon, like it's snowing here right now, and I'll probably at some point pick up the guitar and strum out a few chords, maybe come up with a hook or a melody or, you know, whatever might work down the road for a future song. Now, you talking about Johnny Cash there as your first song, that kind of leads me into my next question here. Now, in a previous interview from the Star Phoenix, it was described that your voice, he may not be a millionaire, but he sounds a lot like Cash. Tell us a bit about your sound, your voice, and your songs. Well, I think sometimes it's changed, too. Like, I noticed as I've gotten older, whether it's been yelling over loud machinery or drinking coffee, but the voice tends to change with that <laughs> sometimes. But I don't know. I've, I've, I've never been really... 100% sold on what direction I go with my sound. I always figured I just wanted to sound like me at the end of the day in whatever kind of music I do. And I think that's always been been my key element. I try to keep it very raw and, and very real in a sense. And there's, there's really no frills as far as lately what I've been doing. It's kind of straight ahead stuff. And I think that tends to suit me better in, in the way I, because your, your music has to be a reflection of your person too. So it, it ends up being very good for me that way. I can go on stage and feel complete authenticity in what I do. And you know, it seems to be where I find my niche, so to speak. That's really wonderful to hear. Now, you are a fan of writers <coughs> such as Chris Stapleton, Jamie Johnston, Waylon Jennings, and Jason Isbell. Their influence and their eagerness to write has also inspired you to write timeless and meaningful lyrics. So tell us about your writing process and what do you take as inspirations into your writing sessions? I think a lot of times I've always loved listening to the stories. Like I, growing up as a kid, we'd, all, we'd always sit around and listen to the older generation talk about different things. And that was always fascinating to me because I was always big on uh, on listening to the stories of people and their experiences and their their loves and their and their victories, triumphs, and then their losses too. And I think a lot of those songwriters you mentioned are very good at bringing that across to the audience in their descriptive words and their emotive way of singing a lot of times. So those those folks kind of really influenced me. And obviously, they're, they're some of the greats, like Jason Isbell uh, wrote Cover Me Up, and Morgan Wallen took that and made a huge, huge song out of it. So when you have songwriters like that, it always gives you kind of a standard to uh, try to obtain at some point like i said I, I love listening to people i could sit around and listen to people talk for hours and that's just kind of where i soak that in the human condition for sure so i bet you've written a couple of songs or maybe just one song about somebody else's story have you done that before i think i have or maybe i've used it as kind of an inspiration i think there's been a couple over the years like dangerous eyes and different things where i've just kind of taken bits and pieces of what i've heard and then try to create something out of it like even there's one off my uh, first album called give him hell it's not specifically about me it's just it tells a story it was based on uh i think it was 9 11 at the time and so my cousins were going off to iraq and stuff to fight in the war and so i didn't really i use that as an inspiration but it's not a personal experience for me and i just create a story around that that idea and that's kind of how it ends up happening a lot of times that's pretty darn cool. So I haven't asked this question in quite some time, but I got to ask this. What is your most favorite song of all time? Everything. Like every every song out there. Every song out there that you've listened to for the last, your whole entire life. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough one now. <laughs> it's a big question. I know, because I feel like I could always answer this question with like seven songs. <laughs> yeah, and there, there could be like, they're all different shades, but they're all close to the same color, right? So yeah. <sighs> 
one song that's always really stuck with me from the countryside is Jamie Johnson's In Color. And I think I remember exactly where I was when I heard that song. It was back in the 2000s there. That one had to be one of my favorite from a songwriting perspective. The other one would probably be Cover Me Up by Jason Isabel. Those are really, really well, well-written well songs. And I remember hearing that one for the first time on his album. And just off the top of my head, those are two, two definite favorites. For sure. So you are a big fan of storytelling writing from the sounds of it. Now, in your opinion, what makes a really good song? I think if you can elicit a reaction from the listener, I think that's very important because otherwise it tends to be just background noise and it might be catchy, might be really good in that respect. But I think if there's a song that, like just the ones that we talked about, it Mm -hmm. it resonates with you and it sticks in your soul, uh, those kind of things I think are the best way of doing songwriting. They have some longevity. They have, they're not just kind of swept under the rug after 15 minutes. So it's the ability to have that longevity as a songwriter and the authenticity and the elicit a reaction from, from the listener. For sure. And we're going to hear one of your songs here in a couple of seconds, beautiful kind, but first, what would you like people to take away from your music and what makes your music stand out? I think it's like I always said, if at the end of the day, 20 years from now, the songs that I write, hopefully they have, still the same relevance as they do perhaps when I release them. So that to me is very important. And I hope, especially with the newer stuff I've been writing, that people can take something positive, even if the stories are pretty dark. And I tend to like, I like to write about stuff that maybe nobody wants to write about at times. And I think if there's, I wish I to put a positive message in it. Mm-hmm. So if you've gone through hard times, there's always a way you're, you're going to get out of it. And I think that's what I would like people to take away from, especially with some of the recent stuff I've been releasing. And I feel like those topics are also continuously very timeless. A lot of people will continue to enjoy listening to those topics and really relate to those topics too. So I love that so much. Now you have the song out that came out in 2020 called Beautiful Kind. Tell us a bit more about this song before I add it in here. Beautiful Kind was was written about a friend that was going through depression. And sometimes that kind of dark, swirling cesspool can really get into a person and you start thinking you're not a good person. And it was just meant to be more of like a, an uplifting, you're not alone. And just to remind that individual that you're, you're going to be okay at the end of the day. And um, that was kind of the inspiration behind that too. Here it is. Here is Beautiful Kind by our guest, Will Ardell. Is your heart like mine? Does it think from town to town, from hanging on the line? When all you wanna do is fly, does this wild, wild world feel a little bit colder, girl? When the sail just won't unfurl and you're laying there in the dirt, don't get caught up in a day of sadness. Sometimes you've got to leave it all behind If you get lost in the sound of madness You will always be the beautiful kind In the soft light of this room Come a little closer and grew Under the beat of a harvest moon We'll dance to our own tune Yeah, there's one thing I 
got two tickets to LA And I wonder what your mama will say When your bouquet flies away Don't get caught up in a day of sadness Sometimes you got to leave it all behind If you get lost in the sound of madness You will always be There is Beautiful Kind by our guest, Will Ardell. Now, we got to talk about your accomplishments and your achievements because you've had many accolades since you hit the music scene. And by 2015, you already had amassed an astounding 15 SCMA nominations, the Saskatchewan Country Music Award nominations, and the title in 2013, Rising Star, amongst many, many more accolades and recognitions, which everybody can totally read about on your website and find out more about you on your socials, of course. But that is incredible, even getting recognized all over the world with your music too, with your songs being added consistently internationally and nationally. So tell me, with your career in the trajectory that it's going in, where would you love to see it go and how would you like to see yourself grow as an artist you know i i always look at it i'm i'm very fortunate to just be able to do it every day and even if it's just doing it in my house i think i never get too caught up in, in a lot of the other stuff with it because it i believe in just being very grounded with it and i i enjoy doing it just even on a real personal level i think you know if i have the ability to someday make those songs reach the biggest audience possible and the guy can make a financially viable career out of it. I couldn't ask for anything more. And I never get too worried about chasing the big bright lights because eventually those bulbs dim and you still have to enjoy doing it in your house by yourself with your cat. So <laughs> it's, I try to keep very grounded on that. I just want to be able to hopefully affect people and, and make them feel something and make them enjoy something or make them think key elements to why I do all of it. Well, you are very humble person. And you did take a bit of a break there. You weren't in love with your career there for a little bit. You took a two-year hiatus from the studio, but not the stage. So tell us a little bit about when that two-year hiatus happened and what did you do during that time to kind of bring yourself back to wanting to be back in the studio, wanting to be back on the stage a little bit more and back into the music scene? Yeah, it was just a bit of a time where I kind of need to take a break at a big transition period in my life. I was moving and just with everything going on, I was still working at the time of day job. So stuff starts getting a bit uh, hectic occasionally for that, for people to do it like that. And mm -hmm. It was just time for me to take a bit of a break and kind of get a, a fresh creative juice going because you can tend to burn out sometimes. And it just kind of helped perhaps reset. And I think that was definitely needed. And then I came back and started writing the stuff for the Truth album and that stuff seemed to come out pretty good after a while. I just, just took a, a while to get back into the remember why a guy's writing and to 
get some more inspiration behind the things. And yeah, it was, it was good. We played a few shows, you know, a few acoustic shows during those couple of years, but never really did a lot of writing. And then when it started to come, it's just started coming like somebody opened a tap. So it was definitely worthwhile. That's pretty cool. So where did you find your inspiration and that love back? I always tell people you got to live your songs and that sometimes that really hurts. (laughs) So I think that's the important part is like, for me, I have to live live my songs both the the hurting part and the good parts of it so that for me was probably what I had to do at those times and get some more different experiences that would perhaps give me some uh, different avenues of songwriting to do anything super memorable that happened I think it was just the experiences at the time you know with relationships and things going good and things going bad so it just all those things tend to really it doesn't matter who we are they can leave marks and they can uh provide us with a life-changing experience. So uh, that was very beneficial, I think, in the long terms of songwriting for me. For sure. So you didn't leave the stage, but you left the studio to do some reflection and songwriting. And now you're back in action, of course. Now, when you're writing a song, do you think about how well it will translate to a live performance? And if you do, how does that affect your writing process? I think as far as like the studio work of it, I, I really tried to make it so the songs don't lose anything if you do it just straight acoustic because sometimes you can overproduce something and it doesn't really translate if it's just a guy with a guitar on the microphone and i always wanted to keep the basis behind my stuff so that it can be brought across very simply and it still has the same effect so that's that's very important is keeping it simplistic get as you know as best we can on the production side and what i really gotten into lately obviously last few years now is just this kind of the storytelling aspect behind the songs and uh, that seemed to go over well. Like last night, we played at Hank's Tavern here in Bradwell, Saskatchewan, myself and Burke Chauvin. And uh, we have this little thing called the Blackbird Sessions that we've been doing all summer, and it's gone over really well. It's kind of like just a singer songwriter round. We travel different places and do it. And that's something I really enjoyed, something I find almost like a home base in. And it's less what I've always heard to keep that as far as the studio stuff goes, is we can, we can translate that across very, very efficiently. You released an album that had an A-side and a B-side. Now, a country music A-side and a heavy rock B-side. Now, at the time, a feat never had been accomplished by a country artist before. But now that it's 2022, a lot of country artists are kind of dabbling a little bit in the rock world, in the R&B world, in the pop world. So I kind of like that. Hardy is kind of doing that specifically right now with the rock side mm-hmm. of things I've noticed. And I love it. And I feel like you probably do too with a bit of a heavier rock side in that album. But tell us a bit about this album and what inspired you to do it. Well, and part of it too, I think was growing up and I, I was never always one genre listening, you know, as far as music. So I figured, well, why not try to write stuff that would be other parts of the music industry I listened to? Like I, Guns N' Roses had an album, uh, Appetite for Destruction was one of my favorite albums as a kid. So that was something that I used to listen to that album all the time, you know, of course, with the country stuff as well. But I just figured, hey, why not try writing a whole bunch of different styles of songs? And we ended up doing that. And, you know, some of them turned out good. Some of them I look back, oh, I should have worked on it a bit more. But that's part of the learning curve, right? You're, you're just in that process your first time doing anything. So really enjoyed it, though. And I still today, I'll I'll sit there and turn up the amps to 11 and write some stuff that's heavier and more rock based or metal based and and i uh, go maybe i should record this someday and maybe someday i will for sure and i personally love the direction that country music and music is going in as a whole because 
you guys are artists and you guys are allowed to kind of experiment and try new things and be creative because that is what you are. You are creative. So let it flow. Don't just stay to one genre, you know, try new things, branch out, give it all you got. So with that, where do you feel country music is going and how do you feel about the current state of country music? I feel as though that's a loaded big question, but there are so many opinions on it and it's such a cool topic to talk about. So in your opinion, how do you see country music today and where do you see it going? I think anytime an artist can have creative freedom and expression to write what they want to write and sing what they want to sing, that's a positive thing. You're seeing a lot of artists nowadays and it's really nice to see where like you said, they're going, hey, I'm going to just try this. Maybe I'm just going to do an acoustic song on my album. Maybe I'm just going to throw in some of these heavier guitars on this song. And I think anytime you have a direction of industry going that way, plus it's being focused now on the songwriting, the the absolute great songwriting you're seeing nowadays. And that's huge. I love seeing that in, in all the artists right now. The best. So I'm excited to see where your music goes and what direction your music takes you in because you are such a creative person now. The truth. We got to talk about the truth here, your upcoming album. So tell us about the process behind it. Yeah, it was. It goes back to those couple of years there that I was kind of out of it as far as uh, in the studio. But the truth is it's very gritty. It uh, It's very dark in certain areas, but there's also an overall positive message in it too. And I, I think it's simply named that because these stories are, are very real. And, you know, from my perspective and the perspective of other people that I wrote about in it. So it's uh, definitely perhaps for some and maybe not for others, but it's it's going to be 100%. It's like taking a zipper from your throat to your navel and just opening up your guts. And I think that was the, the whole message behind the whole thrust of this album. I've never heard anything described like that before. <laughs> It's, it's basically it. what it is. Like, I always tell audiences too. It's like you go up there and I, I try to like give my heart and soul out and, and show you it for two to three hours, whatever it may be. And I think that's where I get the most satisfaction out of it. Whether it's one person or a thousand people or 10,000 people, that's that's my goal. That's awesome. So we're going to be talking about your songs in the dark here, which just came out this past July in a couple of minutes. But for the truth, do you have a release date for it yet? I'm hoping here in the next three, four months, we should have everything finalized. I know it's uh, kind of get, been picking away at it. When is it happening? Go, hey, let's add this song to it too. And then we go and record it. So it's just <laughs> touching sometimes an ever, an ever a new process. And I got to go, hey, Ardell, just quit. You've got enough already. So yeah, that, I'm hoping the next few months to have everything finalized and, and we can set a release date maybe for the spring and it'll be all done. That's exciting. Tell us a bit about the team behind the album. Yeah, Pinky Sims does some of the promotion and the marketing side of it. Uh, my producer, Aspen Beverage with Skull Creek Studios, one of the best guys ever worked with in the industry. And uh, he's really started to get really well known here in Saskatchewan and the world for that matter for uh, for his production skills and his musicianship. And and beyond that, he's a really, really good, good guy, most importantly. And uh, we've become really good friends and we see the songs the same way we we enjoy working together and i couldn't be happier uh with him and then of course i've had a few friends that have helped me on the albums like kitchener langfeld and just different guys that have played with me on the on the tracks and greg beverage rebecca beverage they're some of the most talented musical family i've been around and yeah i couldn't be more happier it's a pretty small team but it's uh it's an effective one 
That's really great. Well, I'm really excited for the truth. And I know everyone else is going to be very excited for the truth here too. Now, where can everybody find out more about you and find all of your songs? Yeah, you can go to my website, Willardell at, or sorry, willardell.com. And then of course they have my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram is Willardell Music and Facebook is Willardell Music. So you can go on all the social media sites and just search and find me and check stuff out and drop a comment or a message or download the tracks on all your Spotify and digital formats, streaming, everything, you name it. Easy peasy. Now songs in the dark. It came out in July of this past year, 2022. And I guess it's not this past year. It is this year. It is still 2022. (laughs) For a little bit. bit. Now you said in a previous interview that it was written on one December night at 2 a.m. You were waiting for a call out to go plow snow. Once in Saskatchewan during a blizzard subsided, you couldn't sleep. So you made a coffee and started playing guitar in the dark of a living room. And here it is, Songs in the Dark. So tell us a bit more about this song. That's pretty much the exact description. I I just couldn't sleep. So I got up and I just kind of started some coffee and it was howling and blowing. And I, of course, I was plowing snow for the government here. So you're just waiting for a call out to go do that. And once the storm kind of went down, so I just started writing, uh, sitting in the chair there and I picked up the guitar and took it, hey, I'm writing songs in the dark and that's the hook and everything was written around that. So it was uh, kind of a moment of inspiration that I was very appreciative it happened. The songs in the dark was just something I wanted to maybe perhaps give a peaceful feeling, you know, when you're with that special someone and the world was kind of going crazy for a couple of years there with COVID and all the stuff that was going on and perhaps write it from a perspective of two people that, hey, we're just kind of getting away and we're under the stars on a hill in the middle of nowhere. It's a beautiful night and just kind of bring a sense of peace and relaxation. And cause it was a quite a tumultuous time for everybody there for those 18 to 24 months. Beautiful. It was a weird time. That's for sure. But I love how you made it so positive from the sounds of it. Now, before I add it in here, introduce the song for us. This is Will Ardell and you're listening to my latest track songs in the dark. Sometimes I'm a raging fire in a whirlwind smoke Drinking whiskey from the Father To drown the Holy Ghost I don't let the hard times kill me Ain't nothing gonna break my heart Whoa, writing songs here in the dark is this wild world turns too fast And we'll never plant the future If we keep digging up the past Should I crash and burn, Lord? I hope I leave a mark Whoa, writing songs here in the dark
Connecticut, small town, born and raised. Our sweet salvation lies beyond the lines of the interstate. Tonight we'll go out dancing under a halo built of stars. Oh, riding songs here in the dark. Blame it all that wild western wind or the poetry of a madman neath my skin. guest with his latest release songs in the dark and a few minutes ago you also heard his song beautiful kind and you can get both of those songs and all of his music as he mentioned wherever you buy download or stream your songs right now and make sure you follow along on his very exciting and very promising musical journey on all of his social media and on his website willardell.com Well, a massive, massive thank you going out to Will for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week. That was a blast and you are welcome back anytime. That is your One to Watch Wednesday for this week. Thank you so much for hanging out. My name is Sarah Scott. Have a great rest of your day. (laughs) 